0: recording in progress. G'day punters. Welcome to the deep dive. Pete Anthony's alongside Rob Scarry, Jackson Oldham and Shane Curlio. And we've just, before we even started talking, we were talking about some bad beats sports wise over the weekend. Now Curls, you were upset by a guy who had blisters on his feet and uh, just run us through what sport this was and
1: also what odds you backed this guy at. Thanks, Pistol. Great way to start the week. Um, <laughs> I took $280 on Betfair pre-off Scott Piercy in the 3M Open on the PGA. Now, he completely dominated uh, the first three days. He had a blister, so he'd hit a shot on the third day. take a shot, take his shoe off, and then walk to the ball, put his shoe back on for the stance, and hit again. He got a six-shot lead going to the 18th. He put one in the water. He held a bogey part. It was a five-shot overnight leader. Traded as low as $1.35 with that six-shot lead on the 17th. And he and I watched it. He was composed. He was just playing percentage golf and wasn't flustered at all. Now, obviously, grown man, blister. <laughs> it's got the better of him. Where's um, the blister? Where was it? I assume on, on his wheel? heel. <laughs> but like, I can't believe what's happened. you still. Still three shots with six to play. Still led three shots with six to play, and has completely capitulated. Uh, and Tony Finau has won the event by just surviving. It, I, I it's too raw. I don't know where to go from here. Uh, he was a massive result. Finau was a small winner as well, but a dollar thirty-five he's traded yesterday, and he's completely capitulated today. It's not a great way to start a week.
0: Did he trade that short because he was that far in front or was Terry Bailey doing the golf commentary?
1: Well, a bit of both probably. Um, But, no, he certainly did look like he was a superior player. He completely dominated. He was just like every fairway, every green. It was and a fucking blister.
0: Yeah, it'll get you any time. Like. Props to TB though, the great man. He did uh, call Field of Roses home there for us, the mailbag Bloodstock there at sale in the last. And he wasn't uh, shy about calling it on the line either. It went to a photo, but he was like, oh, no, for the mailbag, boys. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah that's an interesting segue, Peter, because uh, I know another guy on this podcast who was um, my wife, may have got TB'd a little bit yesterday, Jackson. Oh, TB'd? Yeah, go on. Didn't you have a. Uh, an in lie, an lay oh, yeah. for a substantial amount. Oh, I laid
2: Peak Road when when TB was calling at home, and it wasn't even in front. Um, I laid <laughs> I laid sixteen hundred at a dollar oh two. I wouldn't call it a massive outlay, but it would have it would have certainly paid for the uh, petrol just to sail the boat. Nice yeah. But um, the day was eventful to say the least.
0: Absolutely. Uh, winning set for yourself, Jackson. You've been on fire since I've gone away, so hopefully you can continue that trend
2: now that I'm back. Yeah, hopefully. I can't seem to pack a loser at the moment, so... Oh. I'll, it's, <laughs> oh! It'll it'll have to turn at some point, you'd assume. shoot oh, but it to it, me. It's wonderful. Isn't it? But At the moment, it is going very well. So okay. I, no complaint. Uh,
0: purple. Purple patch. Absolutely purple patch. Now, Rob Scurry, we're not here to talk about Randwick, because there was one race and who gives a shit, but... There'll be a few more to catch up on this week. But up in Sydney town, your old mate, PVL, has declared war on Bruno Mars. Um, Bruno has not returned fire with a grenade. See how I just like wriggled that one in there. But um, just give me a bit of background on this story because I have not been paying attention to any of
3: the racing media or narrative, and I don't know what this story is about. Well, PVL's just upset that there's, you know, his big event being the Everest, on the same day, Bruno Mars is performing in Sydney, and that's not right. <laughs> so
0: I don't actually understand what the problem here is. Like, is Bruno Mars performing in a different part of Sydney that Sydney siders will find it impossible to get from one to the other?
3: Um, it's quite it's a, it's a pain in the ass going out to one of those big events out in Parramatta. Um, but yeah, it's it's. it's I think Pete's upset that that he sees the the people going to Bruno Mars as his demographic for the Everest race day. Mm.
2: I was I was about to ask: Would there be much overlap between Ever- Everest race goers and Bruno Mars
3: fans? Do we reckon? Big overlap. Pete's, Big not fans. silly. Basically, the people who go to Everest are people who can't bet. It's a pain for me every time. Yeah, to to, it, to get around. Um, but that's yeah, that's why there's heaps people there. Clearly. Yeah, they, they drink yeah. and they, they pay a big, big gate fee at the door and, you know, it, it it's, uh, looks good on paper for now. What's the yeah, population well, of Sydney? Like, honestly, there's got to be like 4 million people at least, 5 million,
0: 6 million, 7? Between 5 and 6, I think. Okay, uh, well, I, I'll take you, yeah. How many people are you going to fit into Randwick on Everest? Day? Yeah. I don't care. All of them. Like all
1: of 25,000, 35? Max 25. Like, who yeah. gives a shit? like... It's like
0: this is just a complete non-story bullshit being spun out of racing New South Wales. Once again, who gives a fuck? We just want to mention the word Everest once more. it's like, what July? Like,
1: well, they've got a whole um, media arm. that has got to say something. Yeah, BBL's <laughs> um, got enough on his plate anyway. He's got, uh, he's driving away the people that fund the sport in New South Wales by increasing taxes. Yeah. He's got, he's tossing up disgusting tracks day in day out in New South Wales and then you've got rugby league, whose fans are ready to tear each other throats out because they can't get a consistent game referee the same way as the previous. And you've got one bloke running two sports and doing half a job of each. It's uh, there's a bit on the plate for the big fella, hoping to pull through.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. Now, Rob, the the weather was pretty fine up there in Sydney, wasn't it? On the day, it was just like a yeah, you know, another heavy yeah. track.
3: That's just yeah. Not I, I didn't call that they were going to be off because they kept saying that, and then they yeah. they raced. But um, they just got one s- small shower, just p- exactly pretty much five minutes before that race was run, and you know, ten minutes after the race, um, the the weather was pretty nice. Um, so I I got I got to hang around and just just been on track. It was a, it was, it was with, for you guys. It was a breezy day. I got I, I maybe fell out of love with my um, girlfriend Alana Kelly. Oh. Um, I screamed at her in the batting oh. ring. I screamed at her and said, <laughs> don't go that way. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I had a big crack because Lindsay's been on fire on a previous show, like Geiger kicked last week. This, you know, I've had too much on this. Um, and I went again in the run because, you know, my girl Lana got the horse nicely settled and balanced as a pest of a horse on the outside the six. Um, she wasn't going to let it out, which was going nowhere. So she had to, um you know, time her run and make the right moves all the way and around the corner she did that and and then and then she didn't. And that's gamble. Okay, so this is race two. You're
0: talking about Berkeley Square. Um, Jackson, looking at the data, this is a very slow tempo race. We've seen two two-year-old races and really none of them have appeared to be much chopped purely off the data. Nothing's broken the class benchmark here in the two-year-olds.
2: Uh, I think it's even gone close. Like they yeah. went out so slow and they haven't come home as fast as you'd probably expect or hope, um, against the class. So, I mean, the, yeah, the, um, aforementioned Berkeley square would be the only one you take out of the race. Like I'm pretty sure the moody winners, not much good. And I don't think anything behind it's much good either. Either. Um, they're talking about derbies. I, I wouldn't be taking 31 bucks, you know, however many months out in July about it off the, yeah off that run. But, um, it looks a 2,000 metre plus type, so, I mean, it might get there, but um, it's it, it was an, uh, some uninspiring numbers, that's for sure. Yeah, and I guess just quickly reflecting on race one, obviously River Ribble
0: was an early bet for yourself. Um, I followed in with the with the captain's picks and, look, I mean, it probably had the potential, it was probably would have been able to cross, but they've just hacked along
2: here at an even tempo. But, again, nothing's really shown anything over the concluding stages. Yeah, I thought he probably could have crossed if he wanted to, Dry. Um, I thought he probably wins if he does that, but it's not, you know, it's not conclusive. Um, yeah, these are another ho-hum bunch. I couldn't I couldn't take anything out of this race. Um and ran off the track towards me at the outside yeah. fence. Um <laughs> I obviously just put the pen through that. It's a it's a nice type. Um it can obviously improve away from Caulfield next up, but apart from that not much to take out of the race, I don't think. Yeah, curls. What did uh, what did you think watching this race?
1: Now listen here, I haven't finished to bit this yet. Me and Jackson had a blue in our chat group about this.
2: <laughs> a blue might be a bit. Yeah, go on. No, Are you, I, you
1: yeah. told me something, and I told you something, yeah. and then you and I said you're wrong, Jackson. Yeah, you did. You did. So that's a blue, sort of half a disagreement. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I was absolutely seething this race. Seething. I was on Chester Warrior, courtesy of uh, Lindsay's work in the preview show and looking at some jump outs. Now, this horse had been on the bridle, on the bridle in the jump outs, like tucked in, and then when it was asked to let rip, it let rip. So Stackhouse, Stack Helmet, has decided to like get this horse like up on speed and off the bridle coming into the corner. So he's completely ridden it outside of how it's been ridden in its jump outs. Yeah, Jai should have crossed. And stack helmet should have had his back, and and stack helmet goes close to winning. Like ben, ben, you go ben, back through the replay, Chester Warrior spat like spat the bit out. He's underwriting from the corner, uh, completely no idea what it was doing. It's what it looked like to me, and continued to fight on pretty well. I thought it went. Uh, I thought considering us it having its first start in the race versus River Ribble, who was coming off that impressive win. Yep. The other day, I thought I thought Chester Warriors has gone as good at it, as it? And then just to make matters worse, the horse that we've been on previously has sat back and gone over the top of both of them. Mm. I was on second and third. Complete pocket talk for me. Yeah, my,
2: my point was like you'd rather be, I, I would be, because I was expecting Rail to be off. I was like, I'd rather be up there and leading than like mm. cotton or three-back fence was sort of my point. In mm. theory, I agree that you don't want them like pushed up like that. Yeah. But but they also haven't gone that quick either. So
1: No, but they're probably they probably they've probably allowed Thrombone to sit back and get over the top. Yeah, I agree with well, that. Well they probably should have fought out the yeah, race. I agree with that. I don't know, I don't know whether I don't know. Chester Warrior might take a lot of improvement out of that. Did you have any opinion from the yard? Yeah, it'll oh it's it's
2: hard to I think it'll take some improvement. It did come in approximately two hours late to the yard. But <laughs> They came in 17 minutes before, which I thought was very odd, and then Chester Warrior came in seven minutes before the race, so 10 minutes late. So Do you reckon they, uh, they got wind of like everything else being cancelled on the day and they're like, all
0: right, get these horses into the yard quickly so we can talk about them and get you know people excited about Caulfield Racing? About Caulfield Race 1, the two-year-old. <laughs> you know, Exciting. Um, now you noted that uh, fellow Earth Dragon James Cummings was on course <laughs> for two runners. You had Chopin and also uh, Manouche, Manouche, Manouche. Yep. Um, which horse was he on course to watch, Jackson?
2: Oh, I, I don't know. You would assume Chopin, I suppose. Yeah. But That's I, I, I don't know if there was a concert in Melbourne, if there was a, if there was. A good sporting event. Uh, why, why, I don't know what was going on, but he was he was there and they'd both gone no good. Yeah, demont did finish up about 40 minutes
0: early there on Friday night. So it wouldn't uh, wouldn't have been a surprise if he was there for that and then was suddenly able to back up there on the Saturday bright and early. Um okay, looking through the rest of the card, best figure was in race seven, uh sorry, race eight, King of Sparta. Now the Bletchingly was the inadverted commas the feature. Uh, this was a pretty decent ride from Jai, as you said, drawn gate one, but it was made a little bit easier for him because everything just tried to avoid the rails, so to speak, in run anyway.
2: Yeah, everything sort of came wide and they just got the, I, Jai got the split in the middle. It was a, it was a weird race. Um, oh, I, th- I knew, this is the frustrating part, is I knew the lead up was no good. But then Oxley Road got scratched, and there was I kind of just couldn't find an edge. I knew yeah. I wanted to be with the with the form that wasn't through the lead up, but I haven't bet, and I think in hindsight that was probably a mistake.
3: I I would have backed the Sydney horse any time, but my mare was this doesn't go in the wet. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's clearly and then- the class horse, the only horse he could have backed if if if, if you forgave um, it that. And,
2: and then I heard they were probably – they were, they were like, on the fence about running, scratching. Um, they've ended up running. It was obviously the good, good decision. Um, not sure where any of the horses in behind the top two go from here. Um, back to benchmark grade or somewhere, I'd assume. Well,
1: we did discuss that in the preview show also, and it's like we were similar sort of bike, but none of these are any good. No. We, we, we sort of discussed these as being, like, like, outside of outside of King of Sparta and Scalapini, hmm. these others look like – you know, open handicappers, borderline off-season group three horses. Yeah, like, Maleva won first up
2: and, and – Less. And, uh, yeah, and it, it has pretty much rated exactly the same here and has run down the track sixth. So that kind of tells you where you, you, where those horses are at.
3: Jacko, you said on the previous deep dive, that race is no good. I did. Maleva. Yeah. Mm. Go do the tapes, people.
1: And
2: I've made anything out of it. How good?
1: So I listened to everything that we discussed, preview, review, and I'm back scalapini, of course. Probably and uh, it was probably the bet. And you've back. just got beat by Joy, which is yeah. a bit thick. I tell you what, it wasn't the first and wasn't the only time on the card I've been beaten by Jump and Joy. No, he's he's a massive hot and cold operator. But
2: Jeez, he looks good against the B graders. Oh, but if sometimes he doesn't. That's the thing that triggers me. <laughs> And then other times he just looks like he's the best, best jock in the meeting by far. Oh, anyway, that's just me talking. I
0: was going to say, yeah. Like speaking of overall additions of the Bletchingly uh, last five years, comparable, comparable figure with Viridine in twenty twenty. The Sansom winner last year was basically four lengths inferior, but it's still the best part of two lengths, two to four lengths inferior to Scales of Justice and Vega Magic going back uh, four and five years. So, you know, is King of Sparta going to be like a top-liner group one horse?
3: Probably not. I don't know, mate. I don't think the, the ranks are pretty thin. You know, outside of Nature Strip and Eduardo, there's, there's – They're under well, here. It's, it's, a, it's a gelding, and it, it, all it's done is, is win, and its attitude's just got better and better. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, you know, it, it, it's like their wild ruler, but it's got no, it's got no nuts. Yeah.
0: Well, good I'm way right. to put it great way um look the only other race probably worth commenting on was race seven the one that was won by Throntari. but it's probably more notable for the fact that uh, the horse that was backed into favorite basically went through the gate before the race and uh, had a run around with scratch so i guess the question i want to know is that how over bet will what was it called lightning of something Chains of Lightning. Chains of Lightning. How overbet is Chains of Lightning going to be next
2: start? Well, if they take the 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 SP that didn't actually exist hmm. because it didn't run, um, it'll be massively overbed because like that was it's that was a race wide gate, wet, sort of on speed. Um, I doubt it'll get those like that. That again, wherever it runs next
0: start. And it's so interesting looking at the data because they've gone just you know bonkers up front. Best part of the, uh, what, seven lengths faster to class to the 600. So I wonder, was that speed map, was that race shape always going to eventuate or did the jockeys just see that the favourites now being scratched is going to be likely settling on speed and they've just tried to overcompensate as a result? Because if it's in this race, I'm not sure it necessarily wins it if they go that tempo. Yeah,
2: yeah I agree. I didn't think they'd go that tempo for sure. I, th- I, I thought they'd go even. Yeah. Um, Weird, another weird race. Throntari just looking like winks down the outside. Absolutely, it was, was wigging me out.
0: Yeah, it's just completely exploded there late, like going through the line. Um, what's that? I mean, it's improved on its last start figure by uh, 3.2 three point
2: two lengths, so yeah. I guess it had a good platform there. But um, back yeah. to twelve hundred was the knock for me. But they've but they've gone that quick on a on a wet track that it was probably more more like a fourteen hundred meter test, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, overall, Jackson. Uh, any anything to take out of the meeting, or is it just oh, uh, just another meeting? Uh, this was a typical winter Caulfield meeting. Uh, yep. Pinkware Jew, the noblet horse in the last, resumed off about two hundred uh, nine days. Um, it was b- back on the inside where you did not want to be, and I thought would tank through the line well. So, in a couple of starts over two thousand meters. Um, it'll probably be, be big odds and you can have a bet on that. Yeah. Just having a look
0: at the final splits there, it's just improved nicely going through the line off a very slow tempo, hasn't it? The 16th fastest last 200. So, yep. all right. Something there for core fields. Uh, Shane, you had Doomban. Was there anything to take out of what happened in Queensland over the weekend?
1: As usual, probably not pistol, but there's always, there's probably just one or two things a week, and. And this week it's uh, full credit to me for identifying Puntura as a uh, up-and-coming horse who put the riding on the wall with a big win last start and found itself uh, in a race on another heavy track where it mapped on speed against a couple of Waller numbers in uh, Far and some other number. Um, uh, And Puntura went enormous and full credit to us. We took a grouse price early Uh, after scratchings and it's uh, bolted in and ran the biggest figure of the day by about 10 lengths. Um, It's gone enormous. Um, Look, uh, M Duplessis is a bit of a slot car jockey type of thing. You know, he just holds a finger on the trigger at the same speed and follows whatever the race is doing. He sat outside the leader, the leader went along at a a good clip and he chased it the whole way, um, going out about minus 7 to the 600 but finishing off in a minus minus five. Point zero, which was relieving because I did see Easy Far sort of loom at the top of the straight to run it down and punch through held it off. So uh, that was probably the highlight performance on the track, um, and we we're on it too, which makes it even better.
3: Uh, was, but, curls I, I took the box actor, exactly and it was better. I was cheering Easy Far because I'm, I'm oh, a <laughs> <But laughs> self-interest. self-interest <laughs> is uh, is king when when, when when we're betting, and we're betting, we're the last of the. You know, anyway. We are
1: wow. this, We are the last of the Mohicans, but, the four of us. The,
3: who's who's not to, to say easy far doesn't piss in next start? You know, like, it's got the form. It,
1: it has got really, the form. It has yeah. got the form. And it's, it's certainly one that can win again out of that meeting. Um, the the last race was of some interest for the narrative drivers. We know, and I'm not making light of the situation, that Lee Kilner had a bad fall um, and, you know, feared the worst and spent some time in hospital still in hospital beginning rehab, which is you know, a terrible story for any jockey that that happens to, and we don't make light of that. Uh, but she saw so a lot of narrative around that, particularly in the Queensland press, and her dad um, trained the last winner at Doombin, uh, led and fell in and won by a nose, and there was you know some great scenes captured by a Sky Channel, who obviously Sydney was off, so Sky Channel cameras were working in Brisbane post-race, only to have the race taken off them in the stewards' room. I've never seen anything like it Uh, the the eventual winner never had a run established the leader led one off the fence and sort of rolled back to the fence under pressure the second horse was about a length behind it changed tack come around its heels got beat half ahead and, and ended up winning it in the steward's room.
3: So, um, so like like then, the opposite, like the opposite of like JoJo is the man. Like we be talking about the shift again in this. The opposite, complete yeah, opposite. Yeah, it, it, we're talking about the shift, and that's now being upheld, which yeah. is, sends me absolutely mental. <laughs> and, yeah, I knew, um, I knew it would. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the the shift in racing and protest. Um, it's just it, it's protest lot, I think hashtag. Yeah.
1: So look, there's not a lot to uh, outside of those two talking points, but on the track, puncture, and that's why that um. You know, if you haven't got my set, you probably should because it's Queensland and it's winter and it's like, it's just too hard. You just let me hold your hand. There's be, uh, be together.
0: plenty going on for the week ahead as well, girls. What have you got? Like there's Kilcoy Tuesday, and Wednesday, Ipswich Friday, Eagle Farm, Gold Coast, Toowoomba Saturday, uh, Jackson, you've got Sandown, Mounting Mail, Wednesday, the Valley Saturday. I love Valley Saturday racing. It's just the best. Um yep. I'll have a million races at Belmont and Northern Wednesday, Thursday to make up for the the abandoned meeting there. But uh, luckily I think seven of the nine races are transferred straight across, which saves me a bit of time. And Rob, you'll be on course doing Mounting Yard Mail at Warwick Farm and Rose Hill. So, you know, it's all standard winter meetings. Um, Just before we finish up though, Rob, AFL, it's getting to the hot end of the season, but you had a bad beat in the
3: Pies Bombers match. Uh, Run us through it. Okay, I, I've got a my my best mate. He lives in California, and he loves his footy. And uh, he told me all oh, he, he couldn't believe that the Bombers weren't favourite. He was pretty sure that they, they're almost going to win every game for the rest of the year and still not getting the eight just to, and stuff up their draft picks. Like just completely mine. Anyway, so I, I've, I've they've gone out. Like, I've, I've taken the two twenty, and then they've blown out of the water. And I just 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 wrote it. And I, I got on to the top odds, like eight, eight bucks. Um, you know, I, I was self-respecting, got, got out of it, got, 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 you know, but watched the last five minutes with the girls and they, they saw the, the book and, um, yeah, they now know what a bad beat looks like as, as Harrison lined up, um, I, I said, um, you know, uh, you can, all he, all he can do, if he kicks the goal, I can't lose. Um, and if he, if he misses it, you know, we're still pro- probably good. And then it went up the other end and uh, Jamie Elliott got it. It brought me back to that moment that uh, Hawkins beat Hawthorne um, after the siren. I just knew I was cooked um, before he took the kick. And, you know, it was, was, I don't know that or the uh, Alana Kelly ride, but um, I'm probably more upset about the football. Oh, completely. That was definitely the worst. But I still can't believe that somehow
0: how did Collingwood lose to West Coast at the MCG this year? Like it genuinely is just the most insane reflection of this season of football. And there's been a lot of them. You know, Richmond's stuffing up a million losses in the last quarter. And, um, girls, I don't know what your team's doing, but uh, they travel to Perth to play Frio on Friday night. Vile.
3: They lost to
0: Frio earlier this year. Are they going to get up? Are they actually going to No,
1: va- v- Valet. Valet. The de- veil, <laughs> veil valet. The Demon's Destiny. It no quick, The it? demons. The demons dynasty has come <laughs> to a close. It's um, staggering. Staggering what happened on the weekend. Twenty-seven point leaders. Um, yeah. No. No functioning forward line. We had Coszy and you know Coszy, Pickett and Fritter are, um, are not. Fr- not. But they they have they need the big forwards to stand up and compete so they can just be that next, you know, or the, you know, crumb or handball over the top or run forward from the contest to get it out the back type operators. That's their strength. And we just don't have a functioning forward line that supports them. They had a good impact in the first half. We led by four and a half goals and then just got run over the top. Um Veil the Demon Dynasty. Um and let's just, the only thing I can salvage out of this season is that I hope to long continue the home and away season undefeated and then do the usual choke in the
3: finals. One, yeah. one would would you rather, on the football, Aaron Norton or the Essendon Peter, whatever his name is, the only Peter in the league?
1: Uh, Norton by a stretch,
3: yeah. But I think that the the Essendon's guys have got the best kick I've seen since John Barker, who was a unlucky coach at Carlton. He was one of the best. Fluent action I've ever seen kick of a ball shot for goal, but this, 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 this tall kid for Essendon keeps it it's better than anyone.
1: Two, t- two t- meter, t-
3: Peter. Yeah, he's, but, but Norton's the opposite. Norton, you don't trust Norton 30 meters out.
1: Oh, I don't know. He's, Norton's got more fit, more going for him on um, in the oh, air and on the ground. He can do it both. I reckon he goes pretty good. They'll, they'll be okay, the Bulldogs. Are, Look, I know they only beat Melbourne, so it's no real form reference. But um, uh, they've got a pretty good mix. They've got some young kids that have come th- come in and, and added a bit of spark. And um, I think that Bruce back as well as another um, element. Well, so what so well, it's wide open. It's wide open. Geelong, Geelong can't. Geelong. Yeah, Hugh, Hugo Hayden's the young fellow I'm talking about. Enormous. Geelong can't win it. But,
3: uh,
1: They're I've gonna written,
3: run- yeah, I've written them off too. I'm laying <laughs> them. Straight, straight sets. Right again. there. <laughs>
0: The thing that just appeals to me is the fact that Melbourne broke a drought in last year's grand final that was played in Perth for their long-suffering fans, and none of them got to see it.
1: Uh, there, that means more to the uh, to the football, like, um, what do you call them? The ones that aren't quite right that go to the football every week. The, what the nuffies? Yeah, I did want to say it.
3: But, okay. The tribal, um, the tribal followers. Look, well, oh, I think... Tribal, uh, tribal supporters. Yeah, Melbourne just...
1: Mel, obviously, Melbourne were, were legless without Jake Lever as well. Like, it's another example on the weekend. But if they got all their players back fit, they were in the same position this time last year and then won nine in a row to win the premiership. So I still think it's wide open. But, yeah. um, I'm trying not to care. I have that. And Why is old Richmond supporter told me once is, like, when you break the drought... You have that, like, post-nut euphoria where you just don't care anymore.
0: And on that note, it's good to be back on the deep dive. <laughs> Guys, it's been a pleasure. We'll catch up uh, whenever, I don't know, later in the week. We're going to bet a whole head between now and Saturday. Can't wait. Yeah, let's up. get
1: bet. Let's bet.
0: Exactly. It's the only thing to do
1: because we are the last of the Bohicans.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. Love it out.